And I'm genuinely fearful that on our team, if, if, if me and the other coaches don't get them right, um, <clears throat> that about a generation from now, um, their kids and their grandkids won't have hands. You know, because, um, you know, from a lack of use, those hands just disappear. I mean, and, and maybe it'll be like this, like those dinosaur hands like this are, you see. And, and you know, you got like a Tyrannosaurus Rex who's clearly good at eating things, big old jaws and all that stuff, fairly athletic and run. Well, his hands are like this. Okay, but we definitely um, didn't use ours, and so there certainly wasn't any genetic reinforcement on our part um, that we should maintain our hands. I mean... And I don't want all of a sudden, you know, guys driving across this country, and then they get to Starkville, Mississippi, and all of a sudden there's these athletic-looking, friendly guys, because we have great guys that don't have any hands. And I hope that that's not the case. But that's where we're headed right now, and we're going to try to get that fixed in this off week. How about that? I guess Mike Leach, Tyler saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> yeah, essentially. The best part of that clip might be the first two seconds. And honestly, it's the way that I'm going to answer you every time you ask me how I feel about this game. And I'm genuinely fearful. That's how I feel about the OU Iowa State game. Genuinely genuine, fearful. Play, play a little genuine behind it, too. Uh, and I'm great. genuinely fearful. That's how I, love, I am. For a guy that doesn't enunciate anything, I'm shocked that he pronounces that uh, word that way, right? <laughs> right, I know. Everything uh, else just mumbles on, barely coherent, but that is uh, perfect. That's a heck of a way to get the uh, the message uh, sent to your wide receivers. you got to catch the ball better, is to say that, ah, there may be a time where our generation, they don't even have hands anymore because we don't use them. I don't know. Well, uh, you know, I thought they did a good job keeping that game where it was because – uh, in the first half, it looked like it was, it was about to get pretty ugly on them and ended up just being 30-6. to six. But, boy, the SEC, man. LSU's looking good right now. They got a big Ooh, home game in a couple what. weeks under the lights in uh, Death Valley against Alabama and a big-time chance to – I don't think they're going to win the West or anything like that, but that's a huge spot for Alabama, huge spot for LSU. SEC is it's, – it's a good league, man. Well, hang on a second. You don't think they'll win the West? Yeah, I don't think they'll win the West. So you don't think you don't, you don't think they'll beat Alabama? Um. Mm, <laughs> no, I don't think they'll beat Alabama. But God, okay. I think it'll be a close game in Death Valley. I do too. I. I think they got a. I think they got a shot at winning the West. Frankly, oh, uh, mathematically, uh, they, if they beat, if you think they're going to beat Alabama, then sure, right. yes, they definitely do. Their schedule goes as follows. They're, they've got a bye week this week. Alabama at home. At Arkansas, if anyone hasn't noticed, Arkansas 1-3 and three in the SEC so far. Then they've got Alabama-Birmingham in the SEC uh, gimme game late in the year. And then they end the season at Texas A&M. Four games left. And I think all four totally winnable. Now, 
maybe Alabama gets it together and, and between now and that football game turns into the team that we've all been expecting for, what, seven, eight weeks now? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess Alabama's but probably going to road. Now too. They're on the road, right. so that means they're going to have 15 penalties for 235 yards at LSU. There you go. That's probably what that means, judging go. by the rest of this year. By the way, uh, good point by Camo Sooner. The way Leach says Tyrannosaurus Rex kills me. I did notice that. Let me play that again. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly athletic, could run. <laughs> Fairly athletic. You got a twenty-ton beast that could run like fifty miles an hour. I'd say it's fairly athletic, which I don't know those numbers, but just hilarious. Although hey, we got great guys. I mean, they're nice guys. They just can't catch. <laughs> they don't have any hands. It is uh, not as good as the fat little girlfriend's clip from 20 years ago that he would get canceled for now, but it's right. quite a way to tell everyone he, don't, he doesn't think his receivers can catch. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, man, Texas, it's, they're up against it now, man. Like, what's your feelings on how they're going to finish the year? I think Kansas State's better than them. I think TCU's better. I think Baylor might be better. Like, are we talking about worst-case scenario with Texas the rest of the year, or are they going to figure out a way to salvage the rest of the season? Um, hmm. I don't think they salvage the rest of the season. How many more losses? Who, did, you, did you say Texas A&M? No, I said Texas. Oh, Texas. Um a and M's definitely well, not salvaging the rest of the right. year. I don't know what there is to salvage at this point. I think, I think Texas loses to TCU. Um, I think they lose to Kansas State. Okay, that'll be three consecutive losses. And then, oh man, you got them at seven and five I'll, right now. If if they win I'll, the rest of the games, yeah, I'll I'll give them Kansas and Baylor. I don't feel good about it. Um, you know, and even the TCU game, like at home against TCU at that time. Who knows what TCU is going to be ranked in the country? Like that may actually be a game that they feel is worthy of their attention. You know, and they show up and play well, but like. If they win that, if they beat, if they happen to beat TCU, they'll go lose at Kansas the next week, and that's a guarantee. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, so, mm. I, I have them. I have them two and two, the rest of the way. Seven, so and, seven five, and five, six and six is definitely on the table, though. Worst no case doubt. scenario, they could finish five and seven again. I wouldn't pick that either, but five and seven is in, is in play for this football team. Well, it, less than a week after people were saying, well. Is Texas a playoff team? With Quinn Ewers healthy, I think they would have been a playoff team all year long. That's how quickly it's flipped. Yeah. Uh, I think like the next thing to watch for me is uh, B. John Robinson. You know, he's, he's on, knocking on the door to go over 1,000 yards already, 162 carries, uh, 920 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's been exceptional this year, as expected. The dude is a fantastic So is Roshan back. Johnson. Didn't give him enough carries on right. Saturday, but yeah. My, my thing with them is, like, if they take another loss, 
like to if they were, or to lose to Kansas State. Uh, that's what I start to worry about if I'm if I'm Texas is when do when does Roshan Johnson start to say ah you know what I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna uh, hang it up a little bit here and uh, start preparing for the draft not get not get injured or start to milk some type of ankle or something yeah. you know yeah Bijan and Roshan Johnson sure Bijan had a uh, 140 yards on 24 carries. They abandoned the run game in the second half, really in the fourth quarter. Roshan Johnson had 73 yards on five carries with the touchdown. He had 14.6 yards per carry, Mm. and he only gets five carries that game. I understand that you have Bijan, you want to get him the ball as many times as possible, but come on, if you have a guy that's averaging 15 yards a pop, maybe give him more than five carries in a close game. I don't know. Just a thought. I mean, even Bijan late didn't get – I, I didn't think he got enough attempts late in the game either. Um, but, you know, it's always easy to uh, to look back at it and start questioning some of the calls and stuff. But right there towards the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter, they started going three and out, man. Yeah. Um, started uh, throwing it on first down, you know, and that's – Took us like here's one. They uh, throw it on first down. It's complete for seven yards to the Texas 32, and then they throw it on second and three and take a sack for a loss of seven. And now it's third and ten, and you throw it incomplete and you punt. Whenever, as you pointed out, you've got two backs that are, you know, just shredding Oklahoma State on the ground. I mean, and a quarterback the- that can't hit anybody, man. Like you yeah. keep throwing it with the quarterback that's struggling all game. Yeah, at That's the end of the day, they ran crazy. the ball for over 200 yards and were averaging six and a half yards a carry. And late, whenever they needed to rely on it the most, they went away from it. Yeah. It's the old guru status, man. I know. Yeah, it's it, it happened. It happens to uh, OCs. Happened before. So, you know, Friday, one of our big topics was, you know, OU fans, who are you rooting for? OU fans, who should you root for in the OSU-Texas game? And I think the majority of people came around to saying, yeah, let Oklahoma State win. Don't let Texas have any sort of momentum heading into the offseason or anything like that. Like This is the exact situation that we were talking about, right? They mm-hmm. lose this game. Any momentum that they had a week ago is completely gone. And now you look at the rest of the year saying, oh, gosh, this could, this could get really bad in a hurry. That's like that. Yeah. Like what? why you were rooting for OSU – is now like the realistic situation moving forward saying, wow, this rest of the season could really tank for Texas. could look really bad. Right. right. Which, I mean, I'm guessing they've got a – they have a bye week this week. Yeah, they then, still haven't then they're had at, one. Yeah, they're bye week and then they're at K-State. Which they needed one. I mean, that's that's a long run of games without a, without a bye built in there. So, you know, who knows what they look like coming out of it against Kansas State. And, you know, Kansas State is – who knows what they look like uh, down the stretch here without Adrian Martinez. And maybe he's back. I have no idea. But I was so I, – I, I don't know. I don't understand it. You got a guy that's standing there laughing on the sideline, and they're putting in the third-team quarterback out there, goes out there and throws an interception on his first play. The other guys all got all banged up, and he's got to go out there hurt your backup quarterback, and he's just, you know, wearing his helmet, smiling along. Did they? they and they never said on the broadcast. They didn't the have a sideline reporter. 
That's why it was uh, Spencer Tillman and Brando on the broadcast. Yeah. I've never seen a major, I'm sure that I have, and I'm just not remembering, but I don't remember a major college football broadcast. That was a huge game. Top 25 matchup. And I don't, there wasn't a sideline reporter. So they didn't know what was going on or anything. It's weird. Top 25 matchup, a top 10 team versus a top 20 team. And FS1, no sideline reporter, starting quarterback goes down on like the third play of the game. Uh, well, I guess he ran it on the first play, right? And then. Yeah. There's a thought I, that he re injured something that he had uh, from the Iowa State game. I guess that's the, that's the thought. Right. He already had a you know a little bit of an injury and then and then uh their best defensive player got banged up a little bit too. And of course their backup quarterback did. If they just yeah. stay just somewhat healthy, they might win that game by two scores. Right. Um text line. Listen, I want to beat the hell out of OSU every year, but blank, I have a lot of respect for those boys. They're a team of dogs, man. No quit, all fight. They have built a foundation there that's going to last for a while. Is it bad to say that I'll root hard for OSU when we leave for the SEC? It's from the 918. Uh, is it bad to say? You know, that is an interesting question. If we're no longer in the conference and we no longer play the rivalry game, like where does the relationship stand for fans? Well, they won't be the rooting same. for you. I can promise you that. I mean, if, if yeah. you want to be an OU fan and root for them, that's fine. But I guarantee you they will not be rooting for you in any game that you play. Yeah. In fact, they will be outright rooting against you every game that you play. Are you sure? Uh, if I'm, I've never been more sure about anything in my life. That OSU fans will root against OU in every game they play in the SEC. Yes. The hardcore, well, yeah, because, yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. You're right. They want they want us to go to the SEC, lose, lose poorly, look bad, and feel like we wish we wouldn't have left. That's the ultimate. 100%, yes. Uh, fantasy for Oklahoma State. And blame fans. OU for the rivalry that's not played on a year-in, year-out basis. That's what they no, want what they they want us to go to the SEC and lose constantly while they reign supreme over the Big Twelve. Yeah, and go uh, to the playoffs. They uh, they they got a lot of props for their atmosphere on Saturday, and rightfully so. It looked like yeah. it was a really good atmosphere. Good. There's just some um, saw a tweet or two saying that it was awesome, great atmosphere, better than what you see at OU. Saw a couple of those takes flying out. It was like, whoa, okay, all right. Yeah. I, I'll just tell you, we have a mellow atmosphere. And th- this year is, you know, I, I'm i not going to, uh, because the easy comeback is, well, we ain't got nothing to cheer for. And, okay, I don't ha- I can't, you know, if, if that's the take, I can't push back on it much. But it we do not have... A, we do not have a very energetic crowd. We just don't. It could be better. But I, I don't love the take that based off one game where they had a great atmosphere. They did. I, I'm not in any way trying right. to take that away from them. And this isn't just specifically this game. I, I, I see it from some others. Well, this game was awesome. The atmosphere was great. That means every single game 
this atmosphere is better than the others. Right. Because I, I, don't, I, don't I don't think you can go about it that way. There's, there's definitely some truth to that. And here's the thing. I bet the atmosphere at Kansas games this year is incredible, right? Uh, well, they've sold out like three consecutive home games, right. so I'm sure. The point is, when you've got lightning in a bottle, it's easy to generate a ton of enthusiasm because, God, we haven't seen this in so long. Like, this is awesome. You guys are going, right? Of course we're going. Everyone's going. It's must. It's a, a must-be-there moment. And... You know, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily what it is with Oklahoma State because they've been they've been really good for you know consistently now, but it is still like a you know they're building off of the momentum from last year, and I get that I you know it's not it's not very often you're a top ten team in the country and. You know, hosting a, uh, another ranked squad, like, that's going to be a great atmosphere. But, like, my point is we have – I don't know we've grown accustomed to it. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just a – it's mellow. It's a mellow crowd. It's a mellow in-game, like, atmosphere, the way things go. Like, we, we take – in my opinion, way too many breaks for, like, like, the energy of the crowd. It's impossible to sustain it in the in the stadium because there's, it, like, every time out, instead of, like, cranking music and turning it into a party atmosphere, it's the music turns off and, you know, we're, we're introducing something or... Yep. You know, you know, and I, I know you've got to do those things. I'm Teddy not hates the kick it for chicken. It's what he's trying to say without saying it. That's, yeah. He hates it. Kick yeah. it for chicken. He doesn't love it. I'm saying, like, you got to like, you got to figure out a, a, a time to do some of that stuff where it's not going to kill the momentum of the hey, crowd. Hey, and, and I agree with all that. I, I do think surely you'd agree, though, because you've seen enough games there that's when there's a big time opponent there, um, that that place can be loud and engaging. Does it turn into the loudest atmosphere in all of college football? Well, that still maybe not be true. But it's when big time opponents go in there in big games, it's it's a good atmosphere. They just kind of lack. No for, they just lack for big games in that place on a year. I know. Basis. I, mean, I think it hurts. That was my that was my next rebuttals. When was the last, and when is the next time we have a big game? Uh, your first SEC game. Well, I think actually, I think um, I think Bedlam will be a big game this year. Yeah. If it's at eleven a.m., clearly that's going to hurt. But if you get a night game for Bedlam this year, that'll be a pretty that'll uh, be a pretty crazy crowd. I think. It will be, you know, with the with the roles possibly reversed a little bit with Oklahoma State, um, with the chance to possibly make a, a college football playoff as a. You know, a one-loss team headed into the Big 12 championship, perhaps, and Oklahoma's got a, a chance to to knock that off. And yeah, that would be that would be a big home atmosphere for sure. Uh, Teddy wants a UFC fight during a, official timeouts, and I agree with that. Says one texter. I I don't want a a, a UFC fight, but I don't want I the entire 
commercial break the the entire timeout taken up by a bunch of introductions for stuff. Yeah. And sometimes I I get it. Like you have to do some of those things, and you know, and I'm glad we do. But every single timeout, the entire game, sick. That's what it feels like it's probably you know I'm probably. Um, Last Saturday was just – it was more than what it normally is. I, I don't – could they do a better job of that? Yeah, I think you're probably right. It, but the, it Last was, Saturday was a lot. It was that a lot. Was I, it, and and I even noticed it during the game. I was like, dang, we're including everyone that's ever gone to OU before this game. Jeez. One more yeah. before we hit a break. Sick of hearing rational takes on sports radio. I need more anti-kicking for chicken talk to get my blood, uh, blood pressure where it needs to be. <laughs> well, I I don't know, man. I don't know. But all of that stuff is well above my pay grade. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next. Your statewide home for Sooner fans is the Ref Sports Radio Network. 1400 AM and 99.3 FM in Norman. 94.7 FM in Oklahoma City. 14. In. Most of them are anti-Texas and A&M. You tell me which one is the worst, all right? Uh, how about this one? Jimbo Fisher is now 2-6 and six in his last games against uh, last eight games against FBS opponents after that 30-24 uh, loss to South Carolina. Texas A&M, they now have nine straight games against FBS teams where they've scored 25 points or less. Only Colorado and Rutgers have a longer streak. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, uh, Sark is now 10-10 at the University of Texas. The only coach in school history to have a worst record after his first 20 games. That would, of course, be Charlie Strong, who got fired after three years. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Not looking good. Sark is now 1-6 in true road games as the Texas head coach. But uh, this one might take the cake. Miami had eight turnovers on Saturday in a loss to Duke. Eight? That's the most in Power 5 since 2009. So, go Canes. That's like an old uh, option football turnover number. Yeah, well, it's funny that you mention that because 35 years ago today, the first ever night game was played at Owen Field. And mm-hmm. I think OU had nine fumbles in that game <laughs> and still beat Colorado 20-6 to was the final. Wow. That is – it's impressive to turn the ball over nine times and win the football Well, they game. just fumbled it nine times. I think oh, they only lost two okay. of them. But they won 24-6 even after fumbling nine times. It's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah, man, Texas – one in six in true road games. That's tough because uh, the next one is going to be a tough road game. Yeah, it is. Against a good football team in a tough environment. Not going to be easy. So, one in seven is my prediction for Texas in true road games. And Sarkeesian will be once again below 500 as 
a head coach at the University of Texas. From the 405. I think OU has the potential to be a hornet's nest week in and week out, especially in the SEC. But the stadium atmosphere is just too inconsistent, and the fan base seems to lose the enthusiasm if we're not a top team playing at night. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. It's kind of hard to judge it based off of 11 a.m. kicks, you know? I mean, yep. there, there's there's excuses built in there, absolutely. Um, but, you know, here's the other thing, man. When you go to the SEC, that doesn't just guarantee you're going to play a bunch of 7 o'clock kicks. They play 11 a.m. games, too, every week. Yeah, yeah. They play in – they have games in – in all the windows, so I mean, it's not it's not just a get out of jail free card. Um, so I don't know. I I hope we play more. Now, if you go to the SEC and you're a top ten team, well, you'll end up playing more night games. But it's it's not something that is just absolutely built in. Peyton says Oklahoma State will be big if we can right the ship. They said Bedlam in 2020 was one of the craziest atmospheres in a long time in Norman, and it was like half capacity. That That's actually totally accurate, Peyton. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be 25% capacity. I, it felt like a little bit more than 25% capacity. I don't know, but that's probably because it was such a lively atmosphere that night. And I, I, I told you, it was in the stands that night, It was there was just this level of Mm-hmm. venom in the air that I can only recall a handful, not even a handful of times in my life going to football games there. It was their 3 in Bedlam. It was their 2020 in Bedlam. I don't know if there's been another game in my lifetime where I felt it as strong as I felt it this night. I mean, it was a big game and it was loud, but there was just a an aura of like hate that surrounded that was inside the stadium that night. That, yeah. You didn't have that with that Tech game in 08, but it was it was right. a great atmosphere. Nope. Yeah, that's right. Um, and they played a really good football game in 2020. I don't know. It's probably one of those things where they couldn't find enough people to work the stadium, and everyone was just like, "Just go in, like whatever." You got tickets? Ah, scanners aren't working. It was. It was a great. No, it was an awesome <laughs> atmosphere. And I believe if you know if you were able to have full capacity that night, I don't know if it would be to the level of 08 Tech, but we'd be saying, "Dude, that 2020 Bedlam game though was pretty crazy." It can get there. So. Remind me of where the anger came from. Um, they they had because we beat them in twenty nineteen, right? It's not like we lost yes, the week or the year before. But at, well, I think that contributed to it because you had beaten them what fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eight. You'd beaten them five consecutive years, and I feel like they came into that game pretty highly ranked with some preseason yeah. expectations that year. And I, it just felt like one of those where. OSU fans had been talking some smack all year leading up to that game. OU had lost a couple times early in the year, and there was this feeling from the OU fans like OSU fans are thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, we got them this year. They already lost a couple times. They're not that good. Like, we got OU this year. And OU fans were hearing about it all year long, and that was their chance to kind of basically tell them to shut up after it was 21-0 at the blink of an eye. Yeah. Well, that's the vibe I got anyway. 
No, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I definitely remember that. And hopefully we have that this year, too. What I saw that they delayed the Baylor Six day, yeah, time. Yeah, that, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, normal at this time of the year. What's that to see, like, if we win, it may yeah. be, like, what do you think the, the different window opportunities are for Well, it, it didn't say any particular windows, at least what I saw. Here's a theory of mine. It probably is crap. But I guess my thought is there's no way that they're going to do another 11 a.m. game for Baylor, right? Because how many consecutive 11 a.m. games have you had? Iowa State, Kansas, Texas, TCU. You've had four consecutive 11 a.m. games. Right. And I, I, I guess I'm at the point where it's like surely they won't do it for a fifth consecutive time, which yeah. that's my logic, and like I said, it's probably crap. Well, maybe it'll be that. Maybe if if Oklahoma wins and does who's Baylor got this week? Are they do they, they play? Uh, yeah, Baylor's at Tech, I think. Maybe if they both win, they'll catch that uh, that late FS1 window. Yeah, yeah, Baylor's at Tech, nice. six thirty on ESPN two. I would take a six thirty on ESPN two in a heartbeat right now. Yeah. I know. I agree. Hopefully we have something like that, but uh, we'd be going up against Alabama LSU is a night game that week with Baylor. Clemson Notre Dame is a night game that week. Uh, USC Cal is late. Wake Forest and NC State is on ACC Network. So there's a couple of nice night game options, so I don't know if that – that same weekend is Tennessee and Georgia, too. There's some good games that weekend. Yep, Tennessee, Georgia. That's right. Yep. Well, maybe it will well, be another is. 11 a.m. Yeah. game. Fifth consecutive. Jeez. There was always a thought that, well, your last year, you know that you're going to get screwed by the conference. It's going to be all 11 a.m. games. Well, looks like that's true right now. Yeah, you know – but that doesn't have anything to do with the Big Twelve. I, I know, I know, but there's just—it's like the it's a fun narrative. Thing. Yes, right. I agree. I agree. It's a fun narrative. Um, we've got to have someone to be angry at. We can be angry at the Big Twelve. All right, we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, story number one is um, Sark and Texas not singing the song like they always do. Yeah. Did you see that? What would you think of that? I uh, guess they're uh, so caught up in the moment they just, you know, went ahead and uh, tucked tail and went up to the locker room. You know, it's, it's awesome uh, because he had to apologize today at his press conference say that he was frustrated and he walked off the field and other players followed him. So they just had a handful of players standing there for the eyes of Texas. It was great, man. It's great that he has to apologize for not standing for uh, the eyes of Texas at the end of the game. It just adds another layer of drama to all of the fun of the mess that's going on right now in Austin. It's great. Um, Right. And... (sighs) I just I wonder what the narrative is down at Austin over that. Are people actually upset about that, and, or is everyone like, "Who cares? 
Tell us why you weren't running the football in the fourth quarter. No, I'm, That's what I, no we really I, I think know. they're more concerned. Remember when the uh, the whole Eyes of Texas thing was a big controversy a couple of years ago? They were more right. worried about singing the song or not than anything else. So I'm sure they're way more concerned with that than Sark's uh, inability to call a running play in the fourth quarter. They're not Perhaps. ever – dude, they're not ever concerned with what actually matters. Okay. Um, I thought this was interesting. Now, ESPN had uh, some college football bowl projections after week eight, and it was a couple of guys, Bonagura, never heard of him, Schleybach, I think that's a – is he a college football guy? I don't even know yeah. who he is. Um, for their – Bonagura had Georgia versus TCU and – Ohio State, Clemson as his four playoff teams. Schlebach had Georgia versus Clemson, Ohio State versus Tennessee. Neither one of them had Alabama making it. Two SEC teams, but it was Georgia and Tennessee, which uh, which is interesting. I guess they're saying the loser of that regular season game is in as long as they went out other than that football game. I am uh, starting to trend with them, man. Because I, I, I've been waiting for basically all year long for Alabama to turn in Alabama yeah. and the team that looks like the best team in the country and the favorite to win the title. And they, and they beat Mississippi State on Saturday, and that's fine. But I just haven't, I haven't seen that team yet, man. I'm giving them credit, this year's team credit, what past teams have accomplished. So I, I'm kind of there. I don't think Alabama's going to get in if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. And today... I think Georgia is going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. So I don't think they're in. Yeah. Um, well, you also think that LSU's got a chance to make the SEC championship game. Well, so, it, yeah, true. Um, boy, wouldn't that just totally end everything? Bama still what? has to go to LSU and to I – th- I think they have to play at Ole Miss too. Yeah. So to make it to the playoff, they're going to have to win at LSU, at Ole Miss, and beat Georgia at a neutral site. That's going to be difficult. I want you to tell me what happens if LSU beats Alabama, wins the West, goes to the SEC championship game, and beats the winner of Tennessee-Georgia. Oh, God, two-loss LSU, who got crushed at home by Tennessee and lost to Florida State-New Orleans, will be making it to the college football playoff. Hmm. So, like, what they would probably do is have if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship and Tennessee had beat LSU previously, Tennessee would go, having not even gone to the conference championship Rob, game. They were going to put two loss Auburn in in 2017, but they lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they would hesitate. I, I think I, I don't think they'd hesitate to put uh, LSU in. Um, now, both of these guys, Bonganora and Schleybach, had OU – Versus Wisconsin in the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, Arizona. What do you think about that? I would you not be all in on Phoenix in oh, December? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. In Wisconsin, that would be a fun matchup. A team that has OU ever played Wisconsin before? Not that I, I know of. I don't know if they ever have. If they have, it's been a long time ago. Uh, Leonard's the new interim coach up there trying to change things around. Be a fun game out in Phoenix. A little nice weather. Wisconsin would uh, bring some fans to that. Just oh yeah, an excuse to go to Phoenix. Yes. You know, absolutely. Now, 
uh, no one, they didn't pick this, but I, the only other bowl game that I would like to see would be uh, down in San Antonio against the University of Southern California. That's what everyone wants to see. And like I've been saying, outside of the two semifinal games, it would be the uh, most anticipated and most watched bowl game of the bowl season if those two teams play. Though, Lincoln Riley would probably try to opt out of the bowl game like a player. Right. Um, now, my next one is both of us kind of dismissed this football team, but here they are, ranked in the top 25. South Carolina is 5-2. and two. So, hey, ever since the, hell no, Steve, what kind of question <laughs> is that? You know, ever since that, you know, South Carolina is uh, – It was Phil, not Steve. Football. I'm not going to hold that against you. It's okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate the effort. But, yeah, Carolina's got it rolling, and they get to play Mizzou at home on Saturday to get to bowl eligibility. Oh, that was great. Hell yeah, no, I... Phil. Got a team of fighters in that room. What are you talking about? It's <laughs> <laughs> the best. Oh, I love it. And then – uh, Nicholas Saban, head football coach, University of Alabama. Some people upset over the uh, lack of a suspension for the uh, Burton, the wide Jermaine receiver. Burton. Yeah, yeah, for the Burton kid well, walking not, off the not field the in best Knoxville. Look. Desperate Nick Saban. He's got to play his entire roster, I think, for the rest of the year. What would happen? What would they? Would people respond if he came out and said, "Look, guys, we got a, <laughs> we got a championship we're trying to win here." Can't go suspended wide. At least he'd be honest with it, with what's actually going on here. You know, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I halfway feel like people will be like, "Well, that is a good point." Yeah. You know, you could suspend, punish him after the season. I guess. Uh, you know, why punish everyone else on the team for something he did? I got, I got two real quick. Uh, we're up against it. One good news, bad news. Uh, the McRib is coming back to McDonald's on ha- uh, Halloween. But Never th- had one. This is the uh, me either. This is the farewell tour of the McRib, allegedly. So wow. you love them, okay. get them now. Uh, last one I have is actually an audio clip from LSU AD Scott Woodward. Remember, there was uh, allegedly some flirtation between Muleshoe and LSU. Yeah. LSU's AD said Friday, "Yeah, that never happened." <laughs> We're up against it. We got to hit a break. But interesting, he did talk to his representatives during the season. Huh. Yeah, remember? Wasn't that the guy that kept taking the pictures, or or was that Venables, where the guy was in the plane? Like it was an LSU kept, fan that did that. I think. Yeah, and he he kept he, he was the guy that was flying back and forth. 
Uh, good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. similar thoughts about OU and USC in the Alamo Bowl. It's Sooner in Texas. Are you concerned that Mule Shoe and his offense might just hang half a hundred or more on our defense if we ever met in a bowl game? Uh, yeah, sure. Lincoln Riley no would give his entire team COVID just to uh, avoid the bowl game. They canceled the day before because of COVID. Yeah. I think – I think that they would be raring to go to play that football game to try and to to make the point that they that he made the right move, right? That's I think that they they'd want to play. So that he'd game. actually be checked into that game, is what you're tell, what you're saying? Yeah, haven't seen that in if, a while from him. If he hasn't taken the Chargers' job already. <laughs> Uh, 918, shout out to my Cheryl for listening to your show and not talking to me on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Love it. That's good stuff. Jimbo Fisher sounds exactly like Charlie Daniels when he sings Devil Went Down to Georgia. (laughs) Jimbo Fisher, uh, what I love is the stuff we've been saying about him for – quite a while now is is what he's getting from his own fan base finally about 100 million for this snake oil salesman right about always talking he's always got something to say he's always trying to sell you something and um that's what he was doing again well we outgained him you know we we punted for more yards than they did well hey it's hard to play you know we got a a carnival out there yeah hey all you smell corn dogs and funnel cakes out there it's hard for uh hayes to get down there in our center it's it's it's, yeah (laughs) It's, he, he did say his version of work close, though, which was great to hear. Right. Yep. I love it. All right. Quick time out. we got the final hour of the rush coming up next. Stay tuned.